Well, uh, we are again in this new wineskin teaching, and I'm going to be reading a little bit from the book tonight. This is a complete wineskin, uh, Harold Eberly. A very good book. Um, I, you know, uh, there's, there's some great stuff in it. Um, like any book, you know, there's definitely some things that I would, uh, t- I'm gonna, I would teach a little different, and I will teach a little different. But this is, this is kind of where I'm basing some of the new wineskin off of. The past uh, couple weeks, I haven't really gone much out of this book. But tonight, I want to read some excerpts from it after I get through some teaching that I, I wrote down. Um, so every week, obviously, uh, we start off, <laughs> I just want to read it to remember, uh, Luke 5, 37-38. No one puts wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. And as we move into um, what that new wineskin looks like for us, remember we've been talking about how um, we want to walk into what God has for this house, that we know it's going to be different. We know it's, and I think our house is already different. Um, I think we are already walking into a new mold. Um, I, there's tons of people who just feel such a connection and feel like family when they walk in the door. I love hearing that. That, um, that there's just a deeper uh, level of just family and intimacy and love here. Can someone say amen to that if you believe that? It's really awesome seeing people really being empowered and step up. And it's just, it's just really cool. We're in a great day. Um, everyone can complain about COVID and all that, but I see that the Lord has used it for our good. And uh, it's been a great, I think this has been the strongest year at Relentless. I really do believe that. Uh, would you agree with me? Amen. Well, as we move into this, the one thing I want to talk about tonight in the new wineskin, and, and it's, uh, I've taught it many times, but I'm going to give it a little bit of a different look tonight. It's the, the principle of honor. Um, specifically tonight, I want to talk about honoring anointings, honoring anointings. Um, really quick, does anyone want to just kind of shout out what, when, I, when I say anointing, what, what do you think of? Do what? Oil. Protection. Yeah, y'all been listening. Anybody else? Something. Let me, let me rephrase it like this. What do you think of when I say um, something that you are anointed in? What do you think of? Gifting. Everyone said the same thing. Cool. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Honoring giftings. <clears throat> Honoring different anointings. And I want to start off with, I'm going to be in mainly Romans chapter 12. I don't have a lot tonight because I, I, I really feel like the Lord wants to spend some, some more time in prayer tonight. Um, but in Romans 12, 9 through 10, it says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Don't just pretend to love people. Really love people. And that's one of the biggest falls I've seen growing up and being a part of ministry and church. You have a lot of people that are on the pretend love thing. Like when you come to, the, to a Wednesday night or a Sunday or a church gathering, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's great. We love each other. And then, like, there's nothing outside of that. You know, like you call on them and they're always busy or we, we, we say we love each other, but we don't really know anything about each other. I really want to make, to make sure we, we, we put out there that this house we're going to be a, a family of believers who are not, who are unified in our love for Him, 
unified in our love for the Father. But when we, when we tell people we love you, we're going to show them that we really do love you. It's not going to be an empty statement just as an advertisement to get people in the seats. We've got to throw that theology away. When we say we love people, it's got to be we really love them. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Now I want to pause there for a moment. And Devin showed me something. See, I gave you credit. Um, she was saying, if you don't give me credit, I'm going to leave the church. Um, so, Devin, <laughs> just kidding. Devin showed me something that she saw on Facebook today on WTOC. And it's uh, something that Pope Francis just released. Um, you said awesome? So for those of you that might not know, the Pope is like the leader of the Vatican, you know, the, the Catholic Church. 1. Oh, Michael was a former Catholic, um, but now he's been redeemed. Um, <laughs> listen to this. This is a quote from Pope Francis released three hours ago. Homosexual people have the right to be in a family. They are the children of God. You can't kick someone out of a family nor make their life miserable for this. What we have to have is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. Pope Francis endorsed same-sex civil unions for the first time as pontiff while being interviewed for the feature-length documentary Francesco. The Pope, the Catholic Church, basically just said, we won't marry them, but let's get a law saying that they can live together as married. And I think it's a very real picture of what's starting to happen in our world that we are making excuses for sin and we're calling that excuse love. This says really love them and hate what is wrong. It doesn't say hate them or hate the sinner. It says hate what's wrong. And we've got to learn how to balance this idea of how do we love, and I'm going to use just this example, the homosexual, but not the practice of homosexuality. And really loving someone is not endorsing their activity. It's endorsing who they really are, which they've clearly lost sight of. You are a son or daughter of God, and he has great plans for you, and he loves you. And we, we've got to learn how to stand on the foundations that Christ laid for us. He, he bought us not so that we could become people who prostitute grace and say let's live in sin because he saved us it's really love people and show them truth and do it in such a way where we love them so much that the love and true love they experience from us actually pulls them out of a false love that they have been living and i really feel that strong because if you really look at when people fall into sin it's their it's almost like the transaction is i'll take this cheap form of love because I haven't seen a pure form of it, right? So, like, whether it's homosexuality or, or you know, alcoholism or uh, a lifestyle of, of gluttony and gambling or whatever it is, it's like they've traded true love for a false love, and they, they're embracing that as this makes me feel whole again, right? So, <clears throat> continuing on, hold tightly to what's good, Love each, other, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. 
Don't just pretend to love people, hate what's wrong, really love them, hold tight to what's good, be genuine, and take delight in honoring each other. Genuine affection and taking delight in honoring each other. What I want to talk about tonight is that how are we going to honor each other? When in walking in this new wineskin, I think it's important for the world to see something different in the house of God. And if we are going to be different, we have to learn how to honor the mess out of each other's anointings. And I think, well, I know part of the dishonor of anointings is trying to put people in a category of gifting that they were never meant to be put in. And when they don't succeed in that, we see a fall, we see depression, we see anxiety, we see them not meet a standard, and because we have put them in this category of we view you as this, they were never meant to walk into what this is, and we see them crumble. And the idea of honoring someone's anointing is being willing to say, we see this in someone, and just because they hold a position or a title or just because they do this or do that, we're not going to try to take them into this religious view of what we think they should be. We're going to lead them in to walking in what they are gifted to do and nothing else. And we talk about that all the time with the vision, to see people come alive in Christ, to see people come alive in your anointing. We, if you were never meant to, if God never anointed someone to work in kids' ministry, we don't want them in kids' ministry just because we need kids' workers. Right? You know, if God didn't anoint someone to pray over people in the idea of serving at an altar call, we certainly don't want to put that on someone saying, go pray. I believe we're all called to pray for people. But what I'm talking about is a, 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 something that we are gifted in doing and anointed to do where like you, God is like, this is what I want for you in this moment. <clears throat> now, having said that, we're going to talk about where we get that mixed up and wrong. Because we have limited ourselves to a title or a call or a responsibility. And when we do that, I think we're robbing ourselves of what God wants us to do in a moment of something that you're not gifted to do that God could put in you in a moment because all he wants is a willing vessel. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight. So <clears throat> I'm going to read Romans 12, 6 through 8. And uh, it says this, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. <clears throat> there are certain things that you can do that I cannot do. There are certain things that I can do that you, that you cannot do, right? Um, there, there are certain things that you can do well that I was never meant to do well. Um, I, uh, I, I can think about building stuff. <clears throat> I can tell you what I want to see, but I cannot do it well. I was trying to hang some curtain rods up today, and I know what I want to see. I'm not sure how I take a screwdriver and strip a screw on the first turn, but I did it. That I just, I, I'm, I'm dead serious, too. I, can, I cannot do that stuff well. You know, we come in here, and 
you know, I, I can tell every, all the guys that were doing the construction, I want to see this, this, and this, and this. And when they say you do it, I'm like, well, if I do it, this whole thing's coming down. Like, I just, I'm not, I cannot do that well. But if you tell me to build an organization, that's, that's something that I, I, I feel like I'm pretty gifted in, um, which is something I'm trying to make sure that I do right because this is not the idea of an organization. This is a foundational building it's not, a, it's not a business, right? This is the house of God. But order has to be in the house of God that honors up, that honors down, that honors left, that honors right, honors diagonal. I, I feel like God has gifted me to do that. That's why he's put me as uh, the leader of this house. <clears throat> but people who are not gifted to do that well lead wrong. So you see people who try to lead a house and they do it like a dictator, right? You do this, you do this, you do this, and you don't get an opinion, and you don't get, you don't get to put your mark on it, and you don't get to put your flavor on it, and you got to do it my way because your way has to be wrong because it's not like I want to do. There's that, it's that dictator thing, right, micromanaging thing. I was in that a long time, right? Like if you didn't pray for people how I wanted you to pray for people, then get the heck off the stage, right? Um, I mean, just being honest with you, like, right, amen? You can say it. It's okay. Right? Um, if, if you do the songs I want to do, we've all seen that, right? Somebody, what? Y'all know me. Like, we, we all, we, we all, we can all take something we're gifted in doing and do it the completely wrong way. And I think with honor and giftings, we have to learn what, how exactly we're supposed to flow in honor in all we do. So it says, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. It's an example. If you're going to prophesy, prophesy. <laughs> Do it with faith. If you're gifted serving others, serve them well. Don't, don't look like you hate the world when you're serving people. Right? If you're a teacher, teach well. In other words, if you're going to teach people, put the time and do it where when they leave, they know exactly what you said, and they're not falling asleep an hour and 15 minutes into your sermon. Verse 8. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I, I think sometimes we make the Bible so complicated. It's like, if, you, if you're going to do it, do it. If it's giving, give generously. If God's given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Let me say that one again. If God's given you leadership ability, take it seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Oh, God, God's telling me to be kind again. Gosh. You know, like, do it. Verse 6 starts out with this, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And then the passage talks about these different examples of gifts. But I want to pay attention to God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. The Greek word... For gifts, what we always talk about spiritual gifts is a word called charismata, okay? It's like charismatic, right? That's where we get the charismatic from, charismata. And here's what it means, a gift of grace. Spiritual gifts are a gift of grace. And I wrote this down just in case you want to hear it. Spiritual gifts are gifts given at the discretion of the Holy Spirit, as needed in a moment for the calling of God on one's life. <clears throat> Spiritual gifts, and remember this is recorded, 
are, are gifts given, spiritual gifts are gifts given at the discretion of Holy Spirit as needed in a moment or for the calling of God on one's life. And I'm going to read this scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Let me say that again. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone, he alone, he alone, he alone, he alone, alone decides which gift each person should have. So no matter what we do, it is Holy Spirit who bestows the gifts. We cannot earn them. And we cannot church ourselves enough to get them. And what we've done in the church is we've created this religious recipe of if I go enough, I'll be baptized in. Right? If I worship enough, I'll get baptized in. If I have perfect attendance, maybe one day I'll get that gift of tongues. Or maybe if I lift my hands a little higher, maybe one day God will give me a word of knowledge or a gift of faith. Or maybe if I just do more, do more, I'm going to gift and I'm going to get that, that gift I've been, I've been wanting to do. And, 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 and God's like, no, 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 it's, this is not about earning something. This is about understanding that spiritual gifts are all about when we have a relationship with God, loving the Father, Walking a life where we are uh, have a relationship with him, he says, there will be moments and there will be times and there is a call where I'm going to grace you with the gift that you do not have to fulfill the moment or fulfill the mission of your life. And the Holy Spirit decides what you get. And knowing that should knock off any pride someone has in the idea of I'm gifted in this. And what I've seen a lot lately, especially in COVID, is for some reason we're starting to exonerate and worship certain giftings in the church. And I, I don't know if you'll agree with me on that, but even the idea right now in, 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 this, in this 2020 season of COVID and the, the presidency it's like if someone walks on the scene and say they have to get the prophecy, it's like everyone bowed at, bows down in a moment, right? So what you got to say? And it's almost like we're exonerating this, oh, we need the gift of the prophet, we, which we do. But I do not believe that there is a hierarchy of gifting. When God talks about order, when it says first the apostles and second the prophets and all, he's not talking about this gifting is better than that. Because if you really read the scripture, that when he says first, second, he's actually talking about from the bottom up. He's saying the foundation of the house of God has to be built on first this, 
second this, first apostles, second prophets, then this and then this and this. But what we do is when we, when we see great displays of gifting, it's like we worship the person or worship the gift and say, oh, wow, I wish I had what they had or I wish I was on that level. And then we start to get in that religious system of what do I need to do to get to that level. And God says, no matter what you do, even if you live a clean slate, no matter what you do, that is not what decides what, get, what gifts you get. And I take that into the very um, uh, uh, known theology of the Pentecostal church. Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Oh, so you speak in tongues. No, oh, then you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? That, that's, that's the general consensus of the Pentecostal church. When, and the apostle Paul comes on the scene and says, well, that's the gift you should want the least, right? Not that it's not important, but what happens is when we see an outward display of something, we love to put it on this pedestal and say, if I get there, I'm a super Christian. I'm, I'm anointed now. And God's like, no, 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 no. You're anointed and covered in the covering that is Jesus Christ and walking with me. And because of that, I'm going to grace you with gifts that you never can earn. I'm going to grace you with gifts that you do not have for one purpose, to glorify me, not yourself. And you don't get them to build your worth. You get them to build mine. Okay? It is not maturity that grants access to spiritual gifts. Maturity is how you walk with God while these gifts are bestowed upon you as he decides. And how you handle yourself as you begin to walk in a higher level of authority when these gifts manifest is maturity. This is what I mean by that. We define maturity as, well, they've got, you know, they, they, they go to church every weekend and they worship really good and they have a good fasting life and they've got a good prayer life and they, they must be great Christians because they spend all, God amounts uh, awful time at the coffee shop and and they must be good Christians because they come to every service and they go to every church and they must be super spiritual because every word out of their mouth talks about God and they must be a great Christian because all they ever do is listen to worship music and they must be a mature Christian because they do, they do, they do and God's like, no, a, a mature son or daughter is someone who knows how to handle what I've graced them that they did not, that they did not deserve. And I would say immaturity is when God displays a gifting through you and when you see something God does, you take it to yourself and say, look at me. And what's happened in the church is we've built these superstar leaders and I do believe that some superstar leaders don't like the fact that they're superstar leaders. I do believe that. I don't believe that everyone who is a superstar is, is, is reveling in that. I find it hard to believe that Sean 
whatever his last name is, Fush, Fush, Fishi, whatever. Everyone's got a different name for it. I say Sean Fush. I don't believe that he is prideful in all these revival meetings he's leading all over the world right now because half the time he's getting kicked out, permits for voting, he's still going for it, and he's looking like an idiot sometimes. Do what? He was just canceled on Facebook today, and he's still going for it, right? I don't believe he's taking the superstar and saying, look at me, look at me, because... Everyone's looking at him in the world's eyes and coming against him. But there are certain people who have gotten the superstar level, and it's like, well, I'm the best preacher in the world, and people are going to come because I'm a good communicator, and I've got style, and I'm young, and I'm fresh. And, I, and, and God's like, I, I used Moses, who didn't fit any of that. I used these judges who didn't fit any of that. I used a poor Jewish boy that people thought was crazy and, his, and they thought his mom you know, was a whore and his name's Jesus. What do you mean? They thought, well, they thought she got, you know, she was having a little fun before she got married. Well, let's just call it, I mean, let's call it for what it is. You know, we, we, we built this idea of when we see people working their gifts, it's, oh, they got it all together, and we need to, we, we, that needs to be our goal. And God's like, no, 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 no. Maturity is not, look at what I do. Maturity is how do you walk in what he's graced you in that you never deserved in the first place. Right? And part of growing together is honoring each other to a place where when we fall or when we act immature, or when we make a mistake, or when we come off wrong, we have to honor and speak into the maturing process of the vessel rather than look at it as an opportunity, opportunity to dismantle the vessel. Because here's the thing. As we walk into this new wineskin, it's going to take a great degree of unity to be able to walk into stuff that we may fail at and we may succeed at. And the, in the event that we, is this, is this, okay. In the event that we walk into something and try something and it completely bombs, do we dismantle the decision? And, oh, well, Kyle's taking us to a wrong place and he's an idiot and he's just trying too hard. Do we dismantle it? Or do we speak into trying to help it mature into the right place? Or if someone here tries something that's totally different and out there and they fail and it doesn't work, well, I knew it wasn't going to work. That's immaturity. Because what God wants is you to bestow a word of wisdom that you do not have into the thing that tried but failed to build them up into their potential. And we have really got to make sure, that, is this making sense? We've really got to make sure that as we go into a new wineskin, that we cover each other in ridiculous honor. Like when you see someone walking in an immature state, not, oh, they're getting prophecies wrong. Because let's, I mean, let's be honest. So when, when, when it's, if God wants to release something in you, you're not going to know how to do it at first. Or you want to release a word and God's telling you, like God may give something to you where you're supposed to say, hey, uh, you know, God, God told me to tell you to, to have faith. 
And then you go up to them and you're like, God told me to tell you that, you know, um, faith is good. And you totally just missed it. And then the person beats themselves up. God's going to be so mad at me. And, and some people are like, well, you know, you need to make sure that uh, you uh, really know what you're doing before you speak that word because you could just wreck that person's life. You're, you're, you're just causing them to go backwards into their own questioning. Help mature them into, you know, hey, you know what? You tried, and God's going to honor that, and then, and, and, and then help them. Well, what'd you hear? Why were you so nervous? You know, where's, like, speak into them. Be bold. You're great. You know, in honor of building each other up for the purpose of walking out what God's trying to do through you rather than taking every moment to say, you got it wrong. And I've seen that so much. You know, we make fun of each other, and and it's fun, but sarcasm always has a bit of truth to it, and it can gut check things. Just just being real. You know, huh? <laughs> and I, I think we, I don't, I don't know if what I just said made sense at all. But we have got to make sure that even in maturing, being okay to tell someone they got it wrong in a way that lifts them up. So I don't think we need to be at a place where we're just, oh, yeah, it's okay. Okay, yeah, you, you, you did this totally wrong. No, no, no. Maturity is let me show you how to walk in this correctly. Because there's something great in you. Encouraging each other and lifting us up. And part of honoring gifts is not trying to force someone to walk into something they're not gifted to walk in. Because it results in burnout. It results in a decrease of passion. And joy will be dampened. We're going to be getting into really defining more of the apostle and the prophet and all that kind of stuff. but And the pastor and the teacher. Because... As we're walking to this wineskin, we're going to have a lot of pastors in this house. We're going to have many people with uh, the, the mantle of a prophet in this house. We're going to have many people with the gift of the apostle in this house. Because Relentless is not going to be one of those churches where it's, I am the apostle. No, 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 no. God has graced me with an apostolic gifting to lead this house. In leading well, there will be many people with potentially with an apostolic gift, and my job is to position them for two things, to find out why God put them here for this house and to help grow them in the ability to maybe one day God wants to send them to do their own or establish something here that we haven't done. Uh, are you? It's not... We're going to have five people who have the, the title of get, we have the apostle and the prophet and the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. No, 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 no. Many people will have those giftings and many people won't. But that doesn't make the people with fivefold giftings any more important than the people that, well, God graces me for words of knowledge or words of wisdom. God graces me with an interpretation of tongues. Can you imagine a day where someone actually walks in their graced gift of tongue interpretation? So if someone gets up here and says yada, 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 we can say, does anyone know what that means? And someone says, yes, I do. Confusion would disperse. But what we've done is we, 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 don't, we haven't set up a level of honor to allow people to walk a faith line that says, 
these people love me so much that I'm willing to get this wrong and go for it. And usually in those moments, they're getting it right. They're just too scared, right? I mean, I mean, really, like, if, if, you, if you look on the whole of things, I think the house of God has gotten that totally wrong. But we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a committee over here at the altar of five people. And if you have your interpretation of tongues, come up here so you can give it to them. And they're going to spend 15 minutes interceding about your interpretation. And if you got it wrong, they're going to tell you to go sit down because you can't give it. Like, that's kind of what we, am I, am I wrong? And I'm not saying there, there, there shouldn't be good order and filters, and I haven't figured all that out yet. So don't think I'm sitting here saying this is the way. I, I'm walking on this, this new wineskin thing, thing with y'all because I, I don't know how to do everything yet. But if we build a culture of honor, I believe we will walk into a maturity that no one has seen because we're willing, we're willing to go there together, together being the key word. Anybody got any thoughts? Thus far, am I, is this confusing at all? Is anyone got anything they want to share before I go on? Anything that's no? Okay. And when we put that pressure on someone to operate in a gift that they're not called to do, I believe we can actually hinder the flow of the calling that they do have. And this is what I mean. Um, I, I'm just going to use, I'm not going to say me because y'all, y'all, I always talk about that, but you have someone in the church that's, you know, when they're called pastor, they really are meant to be a pastor. But when the church isn't growing, then they put this demand on the pastor, why aren't you growing the flock? We only have 40 people. We ain't grown in six years. The pastor's job is not to grow the flock. The pastor's job is to shepherd the current one. And what do not denominations do? They'll look at someone in a lead position that they've placed there who may have an absolute gifting of pastor, and they get on to them and put pressure on them. Well, you need to bring in this much money per week, and you need to bring in this many people in the year, and you need to have this many salvations and this many baptisms. You go into any denominational church, like the old churches, you go and see this little little board that says total attendance this year, total attendance last year, baptisms and salvations. Do you realize how much pressure that puts on someone with a pastoral gifting? All they know how to do is care for people, and when they see that the number of this year is less than the number of last year, they're scared to death of the call they're going to get in January from the overseer or the bishop saying, hey, you have lower numbers, so decrease in pay, or if you don't pick it up this year, we're going to put you in another church, and they're falling in love with their people, and they don't want to leave. They were never gifted to grow the flock. They were meant to shepherd it. And then you have the opposite side where you've got someone gifted to grow it, but they don't have a gift to shepherd it. And then all they hear from the people is, well, we don't feel included, and, and this is not a family. And, 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 and the person's like, well, then make it a flipping family, you complaining jerk. You know? And they're like, I have one goal. I, I want to go here. I want to go there. I ain't got time for that. But, but what's wrong with that is they need to position the pastors to care so that they can go. And that's one thing that I've had to learn over the past couple of years I'm all about what's next 
and my grow is no longer right now, um, or I don't think it'll ever be about how many numbers can we get. No, it's never going to be about how many numbers we can get. I'm obsessed with, okay, uh, what do you get to them? What do you get to them? What do you get to them? Let's grow it. Let's, Let's mature it. But in order to do that, I've got to make sure I have people that are gonna uh, that, that are gonna spend all their time. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? Right? I'm gonna have those conversations, but that doesn't drive me. Right? Like, like I don't get up and think, who can I call and ask how they're doing today? Because you know, and this is gonna sound bad, but but sometimes this is me. Like if I have to if I talk to someone, you know, it's kind of like this. How are you? Do- Hey, uh, you know, how, how are you doing? And then they start talking, and I'm like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, amen. You have not seen that. Maybe he, actually, he may have. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, just, you know, you need to pray and to seek God. Well, so, yeah, I, I just, I know that sounds horrible. No, I haven't done that to most of you in here. But, you know, just being honest, you know, th- th- there are times when God gives me the grace to operate as a pastor. But then there are some times <laughs> where the grace isn't there for me, right? Because what drives, that's just not what drives me. And, and the honoring I'm talking about tonight is we have to realize that and embrace that. You know, there are some people who are always going to be weird. Right? No matter what he does, he could cut all his hair off and have a normal man's haircut and he'll still be weird. Right? Just me and Justin were talking, um, I think a month ago you mentioned this. He was like, man, you remember that time when I started coming here? I didn't know how to talk to anybody. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and what he didn't know, what I meant by that is everyone came to me is like, uh, that guy's kind of off. And then the, <laughs> this is horrible. This is totally transparent. And then the conversation when Justin comes to me, hey, man, like God's given me these gifts and I want to do this. I'm like, well, you know, just start, start um, being a greeter for right now. And you know what he did for over a year and a half? He just greeted. Because it wasn't I want to hinder the gift. It's I want to get to know him and how his gift operates. And I see that he's, he doesn't. Do this great with talking to people unless he wants to give a word. So it's a it's a maturing of that as well. And I think you can even attest to maybe not. I didn't have that conversation with him, but that's what was going through my mind, right? And and like then the other night, this sounds horrible, but there was a gentleman at men's group, and he, he on fire for God. And then Justin leaves and goes, he made me look normal. And <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I, I think Justin has a, <laughs> and am I wrong? <laughs> if you're listening to this recording, we love you, man. It, it, it's a good, not normal. Your grace, you're amazing. You're, you're a child of God. But, but my, my, my point is we have these people that come into the house, and there are some people that are always going to be weird. But honor is not they're weird. I don't want to invest in that. Honor is well, what makes them weird, right? And sometimes you find out the things you need to pray into. But sometimes you find out that they've got a gift that just sets them apart. Either way, it's a success. Because you're either going to find a moment of ministry or you're going to find someone that has a gift that can really help the house. 
right? Honor. Um, we've got to start to recognize that others have to get the flow in what we don't do. And it puts a demand on the body to come together and depend on each other. Not this false idea of the leader does everything. We are, I think we're well past that. But I think it's always good to make sure that that thing is put out very clearly. I, you know, um, there's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff at Relentless right now. You know, when we moved here, um, I was the one coming in here to clean for the services on Friday. Right? I was the one doing all the admin and the sermon prep. And the, I think Ryan was at the uh, was with me one week, and I was doing some uh, some sermon prep and, and some other things. And he for the like he just said, "Dude, I had no idea how much you actually do when it comes to that." And he he didn't mean it bad at all. It, you remember that conversation? I, it's vaguely. It was like a few months ago, and and you know, and my my first fleshly instinct was, "What the heck do you think I do, man? You think I just sit here all day and not work?" But 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 when I thought about it, it was just this realization of, "Wow, like." You do more than what people really realize. Well, now we're walking in this thing where we've got people saying, hey, let, let, me, let me take this whole admin thing off of you. That's two days of work off my plate that we're getting to, right? We have uh, people who are saying, hey, we, we just want to come clean and clean up toenails and fingernails off of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that does? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not stressed about I've got to do my sermon and clean, and I'm hoping I get a couple hours to myself tonight, right? Like, it, it's, it's honor. And it's not, well, it's, well they clean and, and they do admin. It's like we are growing together as a body where we need the little toe and the big toe and the head and the hand and the five-fold ministry and we need the musicians, and we need the worship leaders, and we need the people who love computers, and we need the people who just want to stand out there and wave because that's all they're good at. Like when we need the people who just want to put water in the coffee cups, and we need people who actually want to be around crying babies for two and a half hours. And and and, and we, we need we need and we, and you know what? We need people that all they want to do is come up here and look like a fool in worship to help break the religious idea. I'm not talking about anyone in here, but to help break the the religious the religious the religious idea of I can't look stupid, and you know, it, well, someone that will get lost in the dance like David danced, right? Like you have no idea, like like honoring that, like when Jonathan comes up to just whatever he does, you know, like. He gets lost in this thing, and when I'm on stage, like, playing, you know, I, I'm obviously, I'm watching Jacob, I'm watching Jessica, I'm watching Chelsea, I'm watching uh, Devin and Heather, and I'm, I'm making sure I'm playing behind them, but when someone comes up and responds, whether it be kneeling down or standing up, that, that, it makes me want to go to, I, I, Jacob, would you agree? It makes you want to go, can you speak into that at all, or is it just a, yeah? <laughs> it, 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 it pulls something. Right? We, we got to honor that. You want to speak into that? Here. 
I say he's pulling on the anointing that is that you guys are operating in. It's like a magnet. Um, it's like if if someone gets up and they're giving, uh, let's say Justin, he operates in the prophetic, and he's giving a word. Well, what will happen is it's like Paul in the Bible. Well, I think it was Paul when he said he saw that the man's faith was there to get healed. So he laid hands on him. It's like it's like a magnet. And so Justin might see just one little thing, but as he goes to give that word and that faith rises and it starts pulling on that anointing, that thing starts to flow. And so that's kind of what you're talking about. He's pulling on that anointing that's in y'all, and that's why you guys get geeked up about it because it's your smear. It's smeared on you, and it's in you, and it's your oil. And so you guys are getting slick, you know, and he's like, ooh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you just, I'm a picture person. So, but you see what I'm saying? He's pulling on that in you, and you both are getting rocked by God in that moment. And you're like, I can't believe that I felt that this time. It wasn't just words, and it wasn't just a song, and it was real, and I might have forgot the words. And that's okay because you're both in it. You know what I'm saying? You're both getting touched by God. And so that's what I'd say about that. And I don't know if you realize this, Joseph, but a few, remember like, I think, I can't, this is more than a month ago when you came up here for the first time and you were shaking like a baby to talk. Right? Like, do you realize that in that moment, God graced you with a supernatural gift of faith? Because if you didn't have it, you would not be able to walk up. That's that, that is that that was a spiritual gift bestowed upon you in that moment. I tried to sit down forcefully and I couldn't. I had to stand up. I could not sit down and I had to go. Right. Like you, you, and and the honor in that, you remember what everyone did? When when he was literally shaking, you remember what everyone did? We we all did this. Honor. Nah, he's shaking like a little baby, you know. No, 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 no. And you laugh, but that's what happens in the church. You'll see people shake when they're trying to do something for the first time, and then later on they're like, you were shaking like a, and, 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 and it's like, well, why didn't anyone go up there and honor the fact that they were walking out in a, on, a, on a plank, if you will, right? It, 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 you know, the past few weeks, Chelsea Leaning Worship, she's been getting bolder and bolder, speaking things and but the first time she did this was i was reading my bible to, you know right but but you know what like and i'm, I'm making fun of it now obviously so but 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 which is horrible but but you can ask her when that happened like no one made fun of her she was just encouraged like do it again and she did it again and the next time it was it was it was still shaking and this last time she did it, she was still shaky, but it's been more confident, right? And I think we just have to be that people where we're willing to look stupid, but we're safe in the arms of honoring each other, knowing that we're, we're covered by Abba, right? Our, our, our daddy is taking delight, right? Um. It puts a demand on the body to come together and depend on each other. And I want to I read this last scripture, and this is a long one, but it's just so good. 
This is uh, still in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 22 through 31. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. The parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. I think about that for a second now. The parts we regard less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. It's kind of interesting how that has shifted to where we try to give the greatest care to the superstar speaker. But not to the shaky no one that doesn't know how to do a thing. Right? And I'm not saying it's a choose one. I'm saying like there needs to be an extra level for, for those that what we consider weak. You know? Like, but, you know, I, like, like when, when people come and pray by themselves here. I, I know Emily, Rachel, um, Stacy, um, just interceding. I mean, like, you might not be able to be here, but, like, it's, like, I wonder how many people are praying over the people praying. God just, you know, encourage them, speak over them, you know. Care. Um, you know, Kathy, Kathy, uh, Todd, and Jimmy. When they started coming, you know what they do every Saturday when they're here or Sunday? They go in that room with me and they just pray, God, just speak through him and use him. Care. Right? Uh, imagine the people that walk in here on Saturdays and Sundays. And you see them sitting there and sometimes they just look sad. Or they don't want to talk to anyone or to themselves. But what we do in the American culture is, well, I want to honor them and let them be by themselves. And. Jesus, Jesus would have gone right up to him and, you know, like, why, where's that culture? Like, honor the fact that God's given you the ability to see something. Now, some people, it's just they're chilling by themselves. But you ever seen those people who come to church and you can tell that something's bothering them and you just don't want to approach them because you want to respect their boundaries? How about you respect their aloneness and speak into that they don't need to feel like they're alone? That's the wrong terminology, respect their aloneness, but respect the fact that you're seeing that they're alone because there's something in them and they don't believe it in that moment, but you can clothe them, right? So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for more harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. In other words, nothing is less deserving of honor. Honor up, down, left, right, diagonal, backwards, forwards. Just honor, 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 honor. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. It's not, well, let's do a four-part series on, it's really simple, just honor everyone, right? Just love the mess out of everyone. It's really not that hard. All of you together are Christ's body. Each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. 
first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those who do miracles and who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who get, have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown language. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So, desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that's best of all. And then he starts talking about love. He's like, not everyone's going to do everything. So why do you think that someone can speak in tongues or someone that can preach or someone that can give a word of knowledge or someone that can prophesy is any better than you where all you have is a gift of faith, where all you have is a gift of mercy? You are no less important than someone up here preaching because my gift of teaching is pointless without your gift of mercy that is unseen. We just, we, we've got to build that culture of honor in, in this house and just grow together. Honor must be at the core of who we are. Time is seven. I, I know I said I was going to have more prayer time, but I do want to at least read this really quick. This is a chat, this is, a, um, this is just a page and a half, and this is called Problems with an Old Wineskin. Unfortunately, the church throughout history has attempted to capture each move of God and build a structure to contain it. <clears throat> each time God has sent prophets and apostles, given new revelation, poured out his spirit, people have designed programs, developed doctrinal statements, constructed buildings, and organized denominations in an effort to preserve the work of God. I don't know if I want to preserve anything. I just want to keep moving. Too often they thought of their experience with God as the ultimate end rather than realizing that he is taking us from glory to glory. As a result, we have numerous wineskins today, but each one reflects what God did in its founding. Organization is not bad, but many Christians are locked into those wineskins, dedicated to the wine of the past, and hence oblivious to the ongoing work of God in raising up a holy bride. Jesus explained that those led by the Spirit will be changing and moving constantly. He said, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is, so is everyone who is born in the Spirit. To move with the Spirit demands constant change. So for all you haters that talk about how the vision is changing every other day, <laughs> shut up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, keep, let me honor you. Keep me accountable. No, but for real. Because sometimes it's the Holy Spirit saying to do it. But if you see that I'm changing something because you hear me say, we ain't getting many people, and then I start changing things, hold me accountable because I shouldn't change something to get more people. That should not be the driving factor. So it's, it's okay to hold accountable. And, and I, want you to, I want you to hear me as the leader of this house. Like there's permission and there's no disrespect for you to hold me accountable. Okay? I'm not, I'm not above you. We're with each other, right? Our natural tendency is contrary to God's ways. We like things stable, secure, comfortable, but God demands freedom. His work, like the wind, never can be limited, boxed in, or confined. Our efforts to crystallize and restrict the spirit are contrary to the ongoing work of God. To see this clearly, let's picture in our minds what would happen if God poured new wine into a denomination run by administrators and pastors. Disaster would strike. 
If 100 prophets suddenly arose within an organization giving bold new directions, major wineskin ripping would occur. The administrators would panic trying to keep their programs functioning, the people sedated, and everything under control. If a 1,000 souls suddenly were added to the average pastor-run church, the pastor would be excited for a day but then have a nervous breakdown because it's impossible for one person to care intimately for all those people. A pastor doesn't have that kind of anointing needed to oversee that many people. And isn't that funny, like, pastors who can't oversee 20 are praying for 2,000. An administrator does not have the kind of anointing needed to handle prophets. You can't admit, you can't, you know, contain prophets, jerks. No, today's, <laughs> holy jerks, right? That's, that's the new shirt, holy jerk. Um, Today's churches with an administrator at the head and a wineskin that has already begun to age could not handle God's power if he chose now to pour out his spirit in abundance. We must remember that changing a wineskin is not just a matter of incorporating a few new ideas. The entire wineskin is involved. It's not just the way we do worship, and it's not just the way we do scheduling. It's not just the way we preach. It's not just changing a doctoral statement. This will affect every single person in this house, right? Like, like, you know, like, like Crystal is going to have to, like, be okay with in a moment if we have to go from how we handle um, 20 people to 200. She can't be so locked into current that she's not empowered enough to say, okay, in a week I've got to rip this thing apart and rebuild it. Right? But some churches... Uh, you can't do that. That's how we've always done it. We've, we've, put, we've put so much time and resource into this thing. Well, okay, well, that was a seed sown for what we have now, so let's sow something else, right? If God pours out his spirit on a established organization, he may require the administrators to humble themselves, give up positions of authority and salaries. Dang. And submit to wild prophets and apostles who incidentally are not always concerned that they have to rip up established programs from beginning to end. Then worship has to change. The pianists who have served faithfully Sunday after Sunday may not be too happy about that. Elders and deacons who must resist must be removed. The building structure needs to be altered. The pulpit may have to be repositioned. The children's department needs to be reorganized. Obviously, we don't have those issues. The finances have to be redirected. The secretary even will have to change the bulletin. Thank God we don't have those. The great, which is funny because we kind of did because I put out like a little event sheet which you haven't seen in a while. Our creative director, Leah, told me not to ever do that again. So I was like, yes, ma'am. The greater the, the outpouring, the greater the wineskin ripping. And by the way, you know why she told me not to put that little sheet out? She's like, it will encourage word of mouth and relational. But no, but no one knows she ever said that to me. And I'm the one who gets the credit. Right? And she probably doesn't even remember she said it because that's just how Leah is. Please do not think I'm denouncing everything going on in our present churches and Christian organizations. Far from it. In fact, I see tremendous works of God happening today. Many people are being brought to Jesus and discipled. Devout Christians who love God are laboring with all their strength and the best of their God-given abilities. Praise God for our brothers and sisters in Christ. However, we need to understand certain truths so that we draw the line where God draws the line. Yes, God is working through our present wineskins, but no, his great outpouring will not be contained in any of them. Amen. 
Anybody got anything they want to share on that? Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, just uh, earlier about the uh, the body just caring for itself and, you know, esteeming others as higher than ourselves and going to the weaker members to lift them up. Um, the Lord showed me something a while back about the body. He said the body of Christ and look at the human body. If, if there's a, a weak spot, if you get a, a bruise or, you know, jam a finger or if you get a cut, you know, resources are sent to that place to speed up the healing process. And the Lord told me that the body is going to be self-repairing and self-restoring. And he showed me that 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 means that we're all going to be moving together in such a, a place of unity with him, with the Holy Spirit, that there's not going to be anybody just, you know, just out here or in the church just left behind because we're all moving with the Holy Spirit. We're all knowing what God is saying and doing so that even even though there may be, you know, two people up here prophesying and, you know, may miss something, there are people out there who won't miss the person in the back hidden behind everybody that's suffering with depression, you know? You know, so, like, we all have a place. We all, all have a function, and the functions of everybody collectively coming alive in Christ means that nobody gets left behind. You know, God cares for the, the hidden people, you know, the people that are overlooked, the weak people, you know, those who look like they don't have anything to offer. They are usually the ones with the most, but it's just hidden, you know. That's all. Anybody else got anything they want to add? Oh. Amen. Why don't y'all encourage him? He's never done this. Well, uh, I just wanted to remind you of something that happened early in our church life. <laughs> we used to have a certain somebody who came to our church. Um, he was the weirdest, strangest character you ever met. Um, he wouldn't talk to anybody. Like He would talk to people, but he made you feel very uncomfortable. So, in our early church life, going with what we were talking about tonight, Kyle said, I don't know where he can, we can use him. So we put him by the road to wave to people as they came in. And uh, he hated it. And uh, time goes on, he does it, he does it. And uh, a lot of times we used to just push him off to the side because he was, like I said, this was our young church time. Remember who I'm talking about? Okay, I'll tell you later because I'm not going to say his name. He came to Kyle later and gave Kyle a word, and Kyle, and Kyle was like, well, it's just him. He gave me a word. I, he don't know what he's talking about probably. And then later on, somebody else gave the same word, and Kyle was like, wow. Like, I did not know he had that gift in him. And so I just wanted to say, like, just from that example, remembering, like, that from our early time in church, like, never shun anybody like like what he was just saying in Chelsea and things like that you never know the gift that they have inside of them that the Lord has given them um, I mean how, how was, yeah. sorry I won't say his name but <laughs> that's all I got you know that's that's something that I've had to grow in it's not dismiss the ones that yeah not dismiss the ones that are so easily dismissible. Anybody else got anything they want to? No? 
No, that was awesome. Thank you for exposing me. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's seven forty, so you know we got twenty twenty minutes or so. Right, so let's let's just take some time and. Um, I'm not going to put any boundaries on, or I don't really know, honestly, I don't really know what to pray into right now. So I think we just need to turn some music on, and I'm not going to put any words on. This is going to be some instrumental, and let's just take a few, let's just start about just in giving God praise in our prayer time. And if God puts something on your heart to share, I want to encourage you that you're going to be honored, and just come up here and grab the mic and whatever God has on your heart to share it. And I believe it's, I, I really feel like it's going to be someone that doesn't usually do it. Um, so, amen? Amen. Well, Lord, we just thank you. And we just give you praise. You are the most amazing father, friend, comforter. You're everything, God. Lord, show us what you want us to see. Speak what you want to speak. And let this time of just soaking in you be all about just you, God, because you deserve everything. All credit, all fame, everything, God. Give us a glimpse of what you want to do, what you grace us to do, Lord. Just, just show us, Lord. Show us what we need to become that you would get more glory than what you're getting now. Just, just show us, God. You're so good. We love you, Lord. We love you.
every every member just comes alive God I just prophesy life into every member into every joint every member of the body that everything inside of them would just come alive right now and I just in Jesus name I just thank you Lord for just cutting out every dead space every dead place inside of us and just filling us with your life filling us with your spirit and I prophesy the breath just enter and fill every lung and that everyone will have a, just an, an overflow inside of them an overflow of, of words to speak of the of the Holy Spirit to release of the word of faith to just come alive inside of you to overflow inside of you because God is doing a new thing on the inside of you where once you felt like you were dead you're gonna have a new joy in the name of Jesus I just prophesy the breath of the Holy Spirit just enter in you and make you come alive and make you stand up in the name of Jesus father I thank you Lord I thank you God in Jesus name Lord I thank you that's your word is like a fire it's like a hammer that breaks the rock lord and i thank you that your word would be like a fire in our bones tonight that your word would be like a hammer that breaks apart all the all the hard and stony places inside of us and every dam and every wall and every every barrier built inside of us that your word will be like a hammer that just breaks it all down and crumbles it to pieces and I just declare a new life flowing in. I declare the word of the Lord coming to you and filling you afresh, filling you anew, being within you like a fire. Lord, just show them your fire, your presence, and your word in Jesus' name. Jesus I'm sitting there as my heart is like beating out of my chest I'm talking, Lord I don't know what to say I just know I needed to say something I feel the unity in this house I feel the, the unity in, in our marriages and our friendships I, I, just, I just continually see it growing over and over again um, it's, just, it's just a beautiful thing and it's, it's it's individual, it's in groups, it's just, it's just God working through us. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, Lord, maybe I, I'm not supposed to say nothing today, but if I hear something about fire, then I'm going. And bam, my man, Justin, fire, fire, fire. I'm like, all right, Lord, he, you only had to say one time. But I do, I just, I feel the fire, I feel the fire in me. I just feel the fire in this house. I feel this, the fire in feel a fire in you guys it's so beautiful you're just your marriage is beautiful I just I love it I just love I, I love it about so many people I, I, I don't want to just keep picking everybody out but just thank you Lord thank you for bringing me to this house thank you for my wife thank you for her building me up even when I feel weak sometimes I'm just I'm thankful to be here Lord thankful for our lead. 
just want to share a word. Um, Pastor Kyle kept saying weakness, and I heard it over and over again, the word weakness. And I've always felt weak because I'm extremely kind, and I've been walked over a lot. And um, I have a tendency of being too gentle and too kind to people. Um, and I don't, I don't think as a woman of God that there's a such thing as being too kind. So um, I decided to dive in and, and find out like what God defines me as. And um, some of the things that came up was um, gentleness. Um, the gentle are blessed for they will inherit the earth. And that's in Matthew 5, 5. And in 1 Peter um, 3, 7, it says, In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayer will not be hindered. We're not weak or cowardly under the pressure of life. We have learned to bend our will and to set aside our own notion for the gentleness of God's mercy. So, I'm not weak because I allow God to move instead of having myself move. And um, another one that came to me was stripping my pride and sensitive to God's ministry. I can't have self-reliance. I have to be humble and know that everything I do comes from the Lord Jesus and nothing that I've done is on my own. And my sensitivity is just my responsiveness to sinfulness. It's, it's how I respond to people. And even in John 11, um, verse 35, at the end, it says Jesus wept. So if you're not weeping for a sinner, or showing compassion in a moment that they need it, and you're too prideful to show that weakness, then we just were a stumbling block for somebody who needed God. So. I just want to speak about that word unity a little bit. Um, right before Michael actually got up here and talking about, I had words on my heart too. Um, 
I've been seeking God a lot more lately in this past uh, few months that I've been here. And uh, since I've been doing that, I've been seeing a lot of unity in not only my marriage, uh, some of my, uh, I guess, uh, work relationships as well, um, but also here at this church. Um, and I've never had that before, ever. And uh, just being able to grow in God with all these people here, a lot of people here, everyone here is amazing. And I'm just so happy to be a part of that. So I just want to say thank y'all for being so accepting. And uh, I look forward to growing in unity with y'all in the future. So. pitcher pouring over the sanctuary and each of us are jars of clay or cups they were clay cups and he said to me or he showed me um, that what he is doing is he is pouring into us a fresh anointing and with that he is awakening gifts in each of us that if you don't know what your gift is, God will reveal it to you. And he will give you the strength and the protection to walk in it. Um, and as I was sitting there listening, um, he gave me a scripture. And the scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And at 6 it says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse seven, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And I just thank the Lord that he is pouring into each and every one of us. He is speaking into us and he just wants us to walk in faith and obedience. In Jesus' name. Um, one common theme I feel like I keep hearing is about marriage and, and everything. And one thing that I, I actually spoke this over Marty and Mike, but I feel like it's starting to relate to the entire, uh, this house, not necessarily the entire church right now, but it should, is that there is, that there is a freshness and a newness that is coming with these covenants that God desires covenant love. You know, I was trying to find a scripture for it. And there's just too many. 
There's uh, literally, there's like 350 times that he refers to his love, his covenant love. And as we continue to grow and like our relationships are growing in our personal lives, our relationships are growing as this church, like there's just like a freshness, you know, especially in worship. I mean, that's where obviously I get down in it, but <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think that I really see a fresh outpouring of <laughs> I don't know. Maybe somebody can speak into that a little bit more. Somebody knows more about covenant, but yeah. It's not about covenant, or it might be, I don't know. A couple of days ago, driving. I do, I drive a lot. And I get to worship the Lord a lot. And he was showing me about his love, about being like him. That's something not naturally in me to love all. I love you guys. I get to know you. I love you a lot. But Ephesians 5.29, and I found this afterwards, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it even into the Lord, even as the Lord, the church. And he says to be like Christ. He says, as I am, you are like me. And if we are in God, and God is in us, the cosmos all that it is and ever will be is in God and he's in us who do I love all of you that is in me and the rest of the world to me it hit me hard it hit me like whoa this is crazy stuff where is this coming covenant love I think it's a it's a great way to with everything that was said about honor tonight the thing when you when you when you said um, covenant love and you don't know, you know someone speaking to it the thing I, I kept hearing through your whole um, uh, dialect and that was I love you no matter what and that's essentially what the father grants us as we're covered in the blood of Jesus, like like even even before we were covered, He said, "I love you no matter what," and I, I'm going to sacrifice my Son and let Him die for you, even if you reject me. I love you no matter what. And I feel like that's <clears throat> that's a word for us 
entering into covenant love as we walk together. Each of us, I, I love you no matter what. Like even if you make the biggest stupid mistake, I love you no matter what. Right? Even if you cuss a church member out, I love you no matter what. Even if you get it wrong, I love you no matter what. I think it's just it's a really good place for all of us to be. And there has been, it seems like, the whole night marriage, 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 marriage. And um, even for us singles, it applies because we are the bride. We have to remember that, that covenant love of the bride and the groom. I think we need to remember, like, Lord, I love you no matter what. Even if I don't see blessing, I love you. Even if I don't see increase, I love you. Even if my world seems like it's falling apart, I love you no matter what. Amen. So I love you no matter what, Lord. You know, covenant with him, covenant with brothers and sisters in Christ. I love you no matter what. Unconditional. Unconditional. so good just to see everyone expressing Christ in them how he is revealing himself and just showing up and what he's putting on everybody's hearts it's you know different people you know receiving a theme or you know a, a revelation from God and God confirming it through other people isn't it great as it is um just a verse in First uh, Corinthians fourteen twenty six, Paul says, "Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. How many of you are strengthened coming here on on Wednesday nights? Amen." And it's, it's like the expression of, like I said, the, the Holy Spirit in everybody. So, you know, you, you have a part to play. You know, even if you don't know what it is, you know, right now, I promise you that you are a person of value. You know, God has instilled things inside of you. It's in your DNA. It's in your genetic makeup. God's fingerprint on you. You know, you, you have value. You know, God made you with a purpose. And the more I follow Jesus, the more I see, like, my purpose, you know, isn't to make something great of my life, you know, but my, like, God makes me something so that, you know, I can, you know, work with other people and we all make each other something, you know, in the process, you know, it's like, cause we're all one body in this together. Amen. Man, God is so good. But, um. Joshua, what I, I felt like I saw the Lord giving you was just the spirit of faith, like a gift of faith. Like you're, like God's just giving you like the uh, ability to just have such a, a great faith, not just believing in, in Jesus as Lord, but just believing when the Holy Spirit is leading you to believe beyond your, your capacity uh, 
towards normal things for for supernatural things to just happen like when when god just leads you it's like you know with that same spirit of faith i believed therefore i spoke or you know you believe therefore you you go or you speak to somebody or like you just give because god is just stirring up that gift of faith in you and it's it's like i said it's a go it goes beyond just believing in jesus but it guides you into the the impossible and into the miraculous but i feel that god has given you the gift of faith so so just uh believe in that and, and pray into it and uh father i just thank you for just releasing the gift of faith in jesus name lord that you would just stir it up in him and that he would he would be able to have confidence in it and know that it's you god in jesus name thank you lord and um what's your name i'm sorry i forgot your name yes courtney uh i saw the lord um give you uh an increase in an overflow of the holy spirit and the lord said my spirit is in you and now he it's like the holy spirit is expanding it's like he pushed out everything you know you know just things that had just built up over time he pushed out everything and now it's like it's a fresh new start it's like a new leaf or a, a fresh green leaf even though it's you know autumn or whatever but the, the lord said that you're gonna uh have it's just it's like a spontaneity about you that inside of you is the holy spirit and he's active you know he's going to be showing you how active he is in your life where you know you're not gonna uh, walk according to doubt anymore you know you're gonna walk and move in faith and you're gonna know that you know because god is going to be confirming the things that he's just been showing you and that you've just been feeling on the inside of you and um, i really feel like the lord is just going to operate in you through a gift of prophecy and it's just like you, uh, you you know things or you feel things or you sense things and it's just like just knowledge and things that you're just aware of like without anybody telling you you know even um, probably you've like knew known things that would happen before they happen you know and um, God's just confirming it to you right now that that's gonna become more active in your life and um, I just see God just giving that to you and giving you confidence in that and um, a new faith to just stir you into moving uh, how God is just leading you to move. So, Father, I just thank you for, for giving Courtney uh, uh, the revelation of what you've put inside of her. And I thank you, Lord, that she's moving into a new season and it's a new time, Lord. And we just break off the old thing. We break off the old mindset. And we thank you for giving her uh, a new mind, a fresh start, a fresh, a new beginning, Lord. I thank you for stirring up greater faith in her and for filling her heart with love, God. I thank you for filling her heart with love and for renewing her mind. And I declare to you in the name of Jesus that you have the mind of Christ and the mind of Courtney won't be around anymore, but the mind of Christ, the thoughts of Jesus are going to be entering into your mind and he's going to be showing you the way to go because the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And I declare to you that the, the path forward isn't dark anymore. I thank you, Lord, that you've gone before her and you are our light, God. You are our light. And I thank you for shining your light on her, on her heart, 
on her her mind on her health on her emotional health god and i thank you that you are just surrounding her and that you are energizing her body and any physical any physical ailments won't be a problem anymore i thank you lord that you are setting her feet on solid ground and that you're giving her eyes to see and ears to hear and that i just declared that your heart is made pure in the name of jesus amen So going back to what Kyle said, that I love you no matter what, and I just felt like, Or God, I did that. It's like, no, 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 no. I love you all unconditionally. Jacob, I'm like, well, what if I did this? He's like, no, no, no I still love you. And, it, and it's, well, what if I, what if I did that? He's like, I literally still will still love you. And that's like a overwhelming feeling that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, I'm gonna love you no matter what. So yeah, that's what I felt. I think it's cool how God gets us all like the same word but in a different way like I had scriptures about faith pulled up on my phone when you started speaking that and actually today God showed me we were talking about worship like the team was up here worshiping and looking out into the congregation there were just a bunch of big mountains huge mountains and so the next part, he showed me that we had all the chairs in a big circle. And we still stood right here worshiping, but there were no walls in between us, nothing. Just openness. And so, you know, scripture says in Luke 17, 6, the Lord answered, if you had faith 
even as small as a mustard seed. You could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted into the sea, and it would obey you. And in Luke, or Matthew 17, 20, he said, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. And so, you know, we saw those mountains, and we commanded them to leave, commanded them to move. So then the next time you open your eyes, there's nothing in between us but each other. No aisles or pews blocking you from coming to the altar. All you saw was you were just surrounded, you were covered by people that love you. And so even when sometimes we may not necessarily feel like, you know, coming every week to sing, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed and just pray that God do something through us. And, you know, sometimes our faith is not for us. It's for other people. You know, we don't move mountains. They might not even be our mountains. But we move, we move the chairs to open up the way for someone else that needed it. And so I just want to invite the Holy Spirit, not just into this room, but into our lives. And so that our faith, even though it may be only be as small as a mustard seed, could do something for somebody else. And that our faith, when we want to give up on marriages or life, that no matter what we do, that our spouses love us no matter what. And so if we get rid of our feelings and just focus on faith, shift the mindset, like I talked to you about, Jessica, you know, like Kyle said, you fail at something, don't give up, figure out how to fix it. And the people that love you can help you do that. You know, when feelings wanted me to quit on my marriage. He loved me no matter what. And faith has brought us farther than we've been in a very long time. And so, you know, Joseph, Crystal, you guys having faith? And I even think about naming your daughter Faith. She's such a joy. And she's going to move mountains for people, even if it's for y'all. Chelsea, we're going to pray over them right now. Um, that that I, that took a lot. And I, 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 I want to just pray blessings over them because they've gone through more than y'all can imagine, <laughs> and uh, or you probably could. But <laughs> I just um, just embrace each other. And I, I, I want <clears throat> I want a husband in here to pray over this marriage. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Father, we're all important to you. But even for myself today, you've put this couple on my heart. 
Lord, many, many things are going to come from this couple. Many blessings on other people, examples of how marriage is supposed to work. How no matter whenever hard times come, you love through it, you work through it. Lord, I'm thankful that we're all, we have this church family that we can lean on each other and grow from each other. And Lord, I'm thankful to be able to be a witness to these two, to the husbands and wife that they are, to the mother and father of their children, that they will be examples for future generations and then generations upon that. I pray a special blessing for Ryan as the leader of his house that he continues that love for his wife and he continues that love for his children. Again, Lord, thank you. We humbly come before you. Let us hold each other accountable and continually honor each other and continually lift each other up. In Jesus' name. Lord, with the, the boldness and humility of them coming up here together and for Chelsea to say what she said and for Ryan to be supportive, I pray if there are any mountains left, we as the body of Christ speak to them and say, move. Let's just say it together. Move, 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 move right now. And when they go home tonight, there'll be a unity in their family that they have never experienced before. And they, even as they wake up tomorrow, they wake up more together than even the day they said, I do. <laughs> and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Mind if I just, uh, just pray for y'all real quick? Um, just, I just saw the, uh, the Lord just show me something, Ryan, for you guys. Uh, I just saw the God, just the fire of the Lord just coming upon both of you and, um, uh, like, like we were just praying about mountains moving, all this stuff is like every every hindrance, you know, in the home just getting out of the way. Everything that hindered you from from reading the Bible, praying, studying together, just doing doing chores together, just living life together. Uh, I just declare them moved out of the way in Jesus' name, and you know the fire of God is upon you, and you, your your best life is ahead of you. You know, so just consider this a new day and look ahead because the fire of God is upon you and he is strengthening you and energizing you to run the race together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody got anything else that they want to share tonight before we close? Anybody? Because hasn't it been a great night together? Yeah? So good. Any, before I close, anybody got anything else? Um, thank you guys, everybody. Uh, it's very humbling for us. Uh, that's something we've dealt with uh, behind closed doors for a long, long time. Um. I just want to say, like, you know, especially uh, young younger couples, uh, never give up. Um, always love your spouse, even when they, you know, have given you every opportunity not to love them. 
Um, I just want to reflect on a, a time um, when we were struggling and um, we had went on a date night and Chelsea didn't want to go and I said no we're going on a date night and I had arranged for somebody to keep the kids and that night she had revealed to me that she had wanted a divorce and all that and I was praying into it and you know I couldn't understand what was going on and I just prayed and prayed and prayed and I thought like you know I was like you know what I just need to give her what she wants and then God told me he revealed to me you know the the um he revealed to me about the fig tree and when they were going to tear down the fig tree God said no give it one more year so I told myself I went home after I was that was revealed to me about the, the fig tree I told her I said I'm not giving you what you want I said God told me I have to give you one more year and if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do in a year, then I'll give you, you know, what you want. And God has delivered us in, in every way possible. And I just want to tell you guys, thank you. Never give up. Um, God has a plan for everybody. There's a reason why you, um, there's a reason why when you get married, you go in front of God and you make a, a commitment to God first and then your spouse. And um, it. It really is very humbling. Thank you, guys. So good. So good. Anyone else far close? I know we've gone over, but this is a good kind of going over. <laughs> yeah, go. It's funny how, how God works. Um, I actually got off a little early today and went to the famous coffee shop, met Kyle up there for him. And uh, we were just kind of talking a little bit. I, I listened to a, to, uh, a sermon today and he was talking about, he said, perfect love casts out all fear. And um, the thing is, is when, when you get transparent, really get things and you lay it out out on the line God can deal with that you know and and, and something it, the pastor was talking about today was everybody everybody knows the story about where um the woman caught in adultery was drug out into the street and that's what he was talking about he said you know the religious system wanted results they you know the, the customs of that time was to stone them death you know but the thing is they didn't know that she, that she was brung out to the feet of perfection you know and 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 that's that's the thing that was really unique because one thing that he talked about 
a couple weeks ago, I got up here and talked about the vine dresser, and he started talking about it. And then just, just sitting here and listening to everything, I'm like, oh, God, I know you want me to say something. And, and, and everything we're, we're, we're sitting here talking about is, you know, and we were talking about honoring each other. And in, in the thing where it was talking about with the vine dresser, it, it, and, he, and he hit on all this stuff, because I'm like, dang, God, I know that I heard it. Is he talked about propping it up. And the thing is, is in that thing, it talked about, you know, I mean, it, it producing, I, I think we talked about it, you know, producing fruit too early. And it talks about he plucks, he plucks them before it's time. See, and that's the protection that, that we have. Either we're going to come in here and, and we're going to just produce a bunch of fruit and we're going to go out and we're probably going to fall apart. That's where we missed it in the ministry. I, I think it's when we can do what we talked about tonight and we can truly honor what's inside each other. We can be real. We can lay it out in line. We can deal with it. And when we don't have it all together, we can grow together, you know. And I, and to me, I, I just kept seeing it like, man, you know what I mean? That's it, you know what I mean? Is, is when we don't have it together, we can prop you up where you're maybe not strong in that yet, you know. And, um, but that, that's kind of what, that, that's what I've seen today, and to, and to see how God, God's doing things in here, you know, and he can, he can work in this, because the thing is, is we can, we can get it right, we honor one another, we see the, the gifts in each other, and as we begin to grow, we're going to grow, we're going to grow, and we're going to multiply, and that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing, so. I'm going to pray. Um, Father God, we just we just thank you for the work that you're doing. God, I just, I just speak into the weak places, God. God, I pray that you just begin to prop those places up and you begin to mature them. God, mature this house into the greater work that, you've, that you have planned for this, this house. God, I pray that you just begin to just unfold your work through us through humility God I pray that you just continue to hide us hide what you're doing right here God don't make it where it's in our time God I just pray that it's in your perfect time and your perfect will God grace us with patience with each other, God. God, as, as we continue to get it right, that, that you just give us the peace. God, I just pray that as we continue to, no matter what the world looks like around us, God, God, we'll be different because we seek you. And just give us the hearts to love one another. Give us perfect love. And let us, let us show it wherever we go, God. God, we just honor you and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise.